0: Hey guys, this is Jennifer from the Shears Mindset, and we are live with episode 414. We've got our co host tonight, Corey. How's it going?
1: Really good. Had a great workout. Feeling good.
0: Did you shoot 38 matches over the weekend?
1: No, no, I took a weekend off. What? <laughs>
0: I'm fall <good. laughs> oh, You are getting oh, a slack on
1: So yeah, it's all good. I got a a stiff reprimand already from several people.
0: You keep this up and we're going to start calling you Jen. (laughs) And our other co-host of the hour is Greg. How's it going, Greg?
2: It was going good, but I'm worried Corey might be dying at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Not dying.
1: (laughs) Are you you sure? Have you, have you seen a doctor? I don't believe in doctors. (laughs)
0: Did you check in the ER for that? (laughs) Not shooting matches. And our guest of the hour, this hour that everyone really wants to hear from, they don't really want to hear us shooting the bull. Our guest of the hour is Luigi Lee. How's it going?
3: Oh, it's going great. Thanks for having me on here.
0: No problem. I love having different people and different perspectives and all those things. And you kind of are a hot topic at the moment. So uh, for anybody that doesn't know... Uh, kind of tell us how you got your start in shooting, what you're doing now with shooting and what you're maybe trying to do.
3: Um, I started in, uh, 2013. Um, I just showed up to a local match and been hooked ever since. Um, primarily do, uh, USPSA, but, uh, I dabble in everything. Um, got pretty good, uh, at one point in my life, um, went to Thailand for uh, the world shoot for IPSC. Uh, We took silver and teams uh, for production optics. And uh, that was kind of the highlight of the shooting career. Um, And now I'm in the runoff election for the president of USPSA.
0: Awesome. I mean, just minor things you're doing.
3: Yeah, a few little things. It's here and there, it's it's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You want to be president, huh? So I have two questions. One, why do you want to be president? And then I want you to give me three reasons why, in less than a minute, three reasons why you would be the right president for USPSA. Uh,
3: So why I want to be president is um, I kind of did the best that I feel like I could do as a competitor. Getting to compete on the world stage on a team representing the U.S. was, was something pretty cool. Uh, and I don't know if there's anything more than that for me. Uh, I know I'm not going out there and I'm not winning a national championship, uh, at least in the U.S. because we're so stacked. Um, and I know, oh. uh, I know I'm know i not going to be a world champ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corey, you're laughing, but you know it's true. <laughs> Uh, Dude, not...
1: coming to terms with that is rough.
3: <laughs> uh, I, I I never had to come to terms with that because I just knew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I just knew. Um, what is it the the Picard the, the Captain Park uh Picard quote is? You can do everything perfectly and and, and still fail. Um, so it's just I know that there's always going to be somebody bigger, somebody better, somebody faster, um, and it's just I've always been okay with that. Um, but aside from, you know, taking a tangent, um, I've done the, the competitive thing. I've done the, the high level shooter thing. Um, and I still enjoy the sport. I still want to stay in it. Uh, but the direction that I felt that the organization and the leadership we had, um, I just, it, it wasn't sitting well with me. And anybody who's in USPSA or, or has listened to it, um, there's been a lot of stuff that ha- has happened in the past two, three years. Um, and stuff that I just wasn't comfortable with. And the only way that I felt like I could instill some change is getting into a a leadership role in in the organization. And that's why I decided to throw my hat in the ring to run for president.
0: So why are you the right one?
3: Uh, I have uh, the business experience that that you need for a non-profit and for-profits uh like i said i've been on every level of the competition scene uh both you know stateside and internationally and i feel like i'm a leader when i need to be uh i i feel like i'm the guy that can steer the ship around um great interpersonal skills and i can
0: listen Awesome. Very good things to have. Listening, I think, is a big thing that I think anyone that is shooting wants is to be heard. You know, the really, whether it's USPSA or 3Gun or PRS, all those organizations really are about the shooters and built by the shooters. The shooters are the foundation of it. If you don't have them, there is no, you know, there is no organization, right?
3: Absolutely. So, And that's one of the reasons why I've pretty much played in every shooting sport. Um, Just because I, I like guns. I mean, I like guns. I like shooting. The second amendment is really important for us. I mean, we need to be able to have our stuff and and keep our stuff. Um, And I think USPSA, even though it's a not-for-profit, we can bring a lot of light to the gun games and not have it be shown in such a negative image. I
0: Agree completely.
2: Mm-hmm. So you've done pretty much everything USPSA offers between practical pistol, steel challenge, multi gun. Um, how deep did you get into shooting?
3: Uh, well, I got I got pretty pretty deep. Um, I was a match director. My local club, I was on the board of my local club. Um, I've put, I've helped put big matches on the ground. I've staffed all up and down the, the Eastern seaboard, um, all the way out to central U.S. Um, West Coast, I've, I haven't i really gone out there, you know. I'm from Florida, so it's a little tough to tra- travel across the country. Um, it's for us in Florida, it's cheaper to just go internationally than it is to get to Florida or to California or Washington or Oregon. Um, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um oh, it, that's cool. It, it absolutely is. Like, um, I just went to go to Area 1 Montana just to uh, mm-hmm. meet the guys out there because I've never shot Area 1. Um, and my flight out there was almost double what I paid to go to Italy a few months ago.
1: Oh, my God. Dang. Yeah
3: yeah um it was expensive flights to italy are uh, yeah because uh you guys are going pretty soon aren't you yeah yeah um but yeah uh, so i never really made it out that too far west uh i mean i've been to to utah for nationals and three gun matches a few times uh, but it's just i need i felt like i needed to go meet the guys on the ground meet the the guys who were actually Putting the organization together, uh, just like Jen, you said, it, it's just one of those things where I wanted to show some face, uh, put my ear to the ground, and see what the issues that they're having in that area. Uh, and I felt like it was uh it, it was pretty, pretty good. Um, lots of conversations, lots of communication, uh, and but pretty, pretty deep in the shooting, pretty deep. Did in the you shooting. win? Uh, Air one. Yeah, I didn't even shoot it. oh yeah that's 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 how serious i am for this thing it's i went there just to you know kiss hands and shake babies or shake kiss babies and shake hands whatever 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 floats your boat
1: (laughs) oh my goodness okay so i know you a little bit right Not. i wouldn't say we're best friends in like brian's band but like (laughs) going to a match and not shooting tells me one you're taking this way too seriously but two you're you're taking it pretty seriously yeah. um i don't think i've seen you at a match not competing at a high level in my shooting career
3: yeah um i it was it was tough it was tough um but that wasn't the point of that trip um yeah the point of the trip was to meet the guys out there meet the guys that i haven't talked to before and see what pressing issues they have i mean yeah. I could wait, and if by chance uh, I, I get it to the position that I'm I'm running for, I, I could just expense it all on USPSA's dime, as presidents of the past has done. Uh, but I wanted to know what I'd be getting into so I can just hit the ground running day one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what you want in someone going for the position.
2: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. So why do you think a president needs to be an avid competitor?
3: um uspsa specifically um, the president is the match director for nationals now granted he can uh delegate that out and and assign a a different match director um similar to what happened for multi-gun nationals last month right um and we can outsource it that's that's fine but ultimately it's on the organization's It's our image that we're putting out there. It's our name on it. Um, And you don't have to be a good competitor. You don't have to be a GM. You don't have to be that guy. You know, you don't have to win the nationals, but you need to understand what those guys can do. And if you're not an avid competitor, then there's, there's just no way that you can do that.
1: No, I agree with that. Um, If you, if you haven't even seen someone like Christian run a stage, And you start looking at the times as a match director like, wait, this shit's a little suspicious, like until you've seen what's possible it and really what what anyone from B class all the way to GM can do and where it's fun for everyone, because I mean, if you have a stage where 50% of shooters are a zero. You might not have another nationals.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've I've shot matches where the match director just says, hey, um, I really want to stick it to PCC. Especially when PCC first came out. Uh, uh, I got something for that guy. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, Corey, you've shot matches like that where they're like, oh, uh, I don't think you should bring a rifle to a handgun match. And that's fine. That's your personal opinion. But when you design things to make it so awful for the rifle shooters that, you know, the old guy shooting a revolver can't really do what he needs to do, then, you know, there's a a real big disparity in, in what the stages are looking like. Um, no, absolutely. And, I, that, and it's, I think it's not fun. It, it isn't. Um, but I've also shot matches where everything is you go to box to box and you're just hosing four targets and it's eight rounds. Um, and also, you're not fun. 15, 16 hit factor stages. Uh, <laughs> you got and... me back. <laughs> you got me back
1: at 16 hit factor. Just so, <laughs> so,
3: so yeah. it, hosing is not fun. 16 hit no. factor stages is fun. Tell me you shoot PCC without telling me you shoot PCC.
1: It's all in the technical foot movement. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so kind of playing off that Nationals thing. USPSA isn't just handguns, right? USPSA is multi-gun. USPSA is steel challenge. So if you're, let's just start with USPSA and then we'll go to the other ones. How many matches would you put for USPSA proper? Because everyone knows USPSA loses money on nationals. But so, they're kind of the gem of the organization.
3: All right. So this is the thing that maybe a lot of people don't really know. Um, but every different shooting organization, their nationals is supposed to be their, their, their high end, their goal. This is, this is the thing. Right, Most of the other organizations, they all lose money on their nationals. Yeah. It's a loss leader, right? But it has to be the premier event. Uh, and it has to be the culmination of the shooting season or, or whatnot. I mean, if you look at IDPA, the way that you get into their nationals, mm-hmm. it's a point system and it's called the road to nationals. Okay. I, I mean, that's, that's something cool, right? Um, yeah,
1: I mean PRS has something similar in their point series.
3: Yeah, and then you have the 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 pro and the am, or pro am, um, and you know different qualifications, and and you just right. have your point system, uh, which is also something really cool. Um, and if you look at even poker, you have uh, satellite cedar tournaments and all that other stuff. But right. nationals, some people could argue that nationals should be subsidized by the activity fees. That's what USPSA has to offset that cost. And that's yep. understandable. What we need to figure out is how much we're actually losing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for some of the, the listeners that, that don't deal with USPSA specifically, it's we've been losing quite a bit and our financials aren't really in order. And I know it's on the list for somewhere down the line. Um, in, in oh, yeah. I'm sure that's coming. But... Uh, we have our Form 990s and all that, but we need to figure out how much we're actually losing on Nationals. And yeah. if we need to pull back for X number of years to try to figure our finances out, um, then we need to do that. But having, I mean, look, we have Carry Optics National sold, sold out at almost 500 or 500? Five, 500 500. Yeah, 500. Change. Yeah. Um, Open PCC has been sold out. I mean, the wait list for Open PCC is a 100 deep. Um, yeah. I think last I heard it
1: was 60, but a lot of people dropped. But it's yeah. like you said, it's been sold out for a month.
3: Yeah. Um, Iron Sight Nationals was, they had 30 slots left up until they, they introduced uh, limited optics to it, and it sold out in a day.
1: You're welcome. I signed up for that.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and in, with that, uh, we lost uh, about 10% from limited and like 7% from production. That's, that's, that's the, the, what we took away from those divisions, Uh, neither here nor there, but these matches are getting sold out. That's 500, 400 and change, 400 and change. It's, if we have one singular nationals, there's no way that we can fit 1500 people in there. No, Um, no. Unless we go to like a, something that the, the world shoot did. I mean, world shoot in Thailand last year was 1300 and change. Um, 30 stages, so you have the squads, you have the ability of doing that. If yeah. you're If you're going to do that in the US for a USPSA match, uh, one, you have to figure out timing. Two, you have to figure out how, how you're going to staff it. And three, how big of the match do you actually want to have? And is it going to be, uh, are you going to have competitive equity having somebody shoot on Monday versus have, having somebody shoot on like the following Sunday? Um, yeah. And so yeah. it's these
1: do you think that makes sense in the u.s though for nationals i think to
3: make it that big or make it that long um i don't know um we in we've done nine days of nationals before to fit enough people in one singular location um in in a nine day period but that was that was rough that was rough on staff that was rough on logistics that was rough on shannon as a match director uh yes well, Uh well
1: also, the only profitable nationals, though. Right. Staff, staff. Okay. So we'll just say it. Staff is your big expense at nationals as it should Absolutely. be. If you, yes. your staff makes your match. If you have a good staff, people have fun. Stages come next. But like you're saying, nine days in Florida and it was October even I almost so. killed yeah. half the staff.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was, it, it was rough. I shot it all because um, I, you didn't really have, um, the ability of of shoot and of work and shoot um now it's a little bit easier because they have a you know we don't really have a pre-match um we have more of a staff match Um, right so it's ever since foley came in we've been we've been recommending or, or encouraging staff to shoot the matches instead of you know having just you know working ro's that are only there to Work the match, uh, so having a competitor holding a timer is also something that's important. Uh, but we have to see exactly what it is that we're doing, uh, see how much we're losing, how many people we can arguably fit, because um, right now the way that our slot policy is, it's the majority of it's going to the sections. Um, right. You have you have some that are going to, hey, uh, I shot my area match and won my class, or I from my placement from nationals before, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a lot. I mean, you hear, especially for open and for carry optics, like I didn't get a slot for carry optics nationals and I didn't get one from the section and I did get one from placement because I shot dragon's cup instead of area six, you know? Um, yeah, it's, there's a, a significant investment if you want to do something like that. Um, and once you get to like GM level, it's it's pretty tough to get one of those. Um, yeah. But yeah,
0: we. So just you
1: mentioned to do. you mentioned investment, right? Like it's it's not just the time that you put into the match, right? It's the hotel. It's how much you trained. It's all the weeks of practice. There's a lot of people that are saying like, let's just make the match be $400. Like make the match worth $400. But if that's what makes everything break even, and you can compensate the staff better. Is that something you'd consider
3: increasing the match fee i don't think is the answer it is a answer um does it need to be the premier event yes um, yeah, absolutely. It, should it should it be a loss leader absolutely uh, i don't think we should make it dime on nationals i okay. think we should mitigate how much we lose though
1: yeah no that's fair
3: um, and if it's saying, "Hey, we're only going to have two nationals for a year or two, just to try to fix our coffers," then then that's something that we should work to. Unfortunately, that's going to come at a cost. Is it we're going to restrict entries? Is it we're going to increase match fees? Is it we're going to make it harder uh, to get into? I mean, carry optics nationals. It was almost it was five hundred people. Uh, Sixty slots were available. At open registration. Right. We, cr- and we crashed. Quick we crashed the website yeah uh, so that's there's a lot of questions that need answered um and i know that i'm not the guy with all the answers uh, just because i haven't put on nationals before i yeah. don't have i don't have access to the financials but you have jake martins i mean he's the director of media and engagement that's not in his job description, but he's been running our nationals for six or seven years now. Um, yeah, you have Shannon Smith, who has never been a USPSA employee, but he's put on how many nationals in Frostproof? All,
2: well, and, almost
3: all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he he's been out to Utah to put those matches together too. I mean, he was right. he was at the he was at the Cardinal Center putting on Carry Optics Nationals. Uh, so. There's a lot of guys that have been there that have done it. I mean, why can't we talk to the guys at Rio? Um, They put on the Desert Classic every year, also known as Area 2. That match is almost 40 years old. It gets four or five. This year is going to be almost 600 people. And they do a a big match. And they do a three-day match. So it's, it's something that's on par with what our nationals ideally should be. But if you have a match that some people are saying is better than nationals, Desert Classic, Dragon's Cup, I think there's an issue. When a smaller group of people that don't have the funds and the support of the national organization can mm-hmm. do a better job than what we can, that's a problem.
1: So let me play devil's advocate, right? I think what you're implying is that USBSA president can uh, delegate the match, right? So can. we saw that with 2GUN one way to reduce costs is to have local staff right um and so another thought that people have floated is if you have uspsa investing in a large local community let's say we'll, we'll use dragon's cup because they're the hot new example right they've got a fantastic community they for all i've heard they've run a fantastic match if uspsa puts in another two ro classes a year do you think that gets them to the level that they can host nationals?
3: So this is the issue with Dragon's captain Have you ever been to Odessa, Texas? Oh, we're gonna, yeah. we're leaving Odessa the fun out of this. No. I they, have been to Odessa. I get what you're saying. Let's they say they, they don't have the local support. Really? The majority. I mean, they 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 have their their core group of guys. Mm-hmm. But that's not enough to put on or staff a major match. The majority of those so, of those ROs came in from outside.
1: Yeah. So I mean, let's, you're four let's call hours it area too the... then. Let's yeah, say we're two, in a but... in a place like that.
3: But but Rio is Rio is the mecca of shooting. I mean, that's pretty much where, yeah. where everything started, realistically. I mean right. you can you create can you cultivate that and create that overnight?
1: Can you supplement what's already there though? So let's say instead we use Rio for the example, let's say USPSA delegates it out. They say either we'll help you with staff or we'll provide RO courses if you want to use local staff. Um, but is that, is that a path that you can see for nationals?
3: Um, let's, let's give you a little example. Uh, Chris Tilley runs a range in North Carolina.
1: Yeah. Great matches is what I hear
3: uh great matches um also you know a, a very a very high level shooter uh world yep. shoot team podium finisher at world shoot very yeah, high second level. right yeah uh second second this last year but he's won nationals before i mean it, he's yep. he's solid he puts on between one to two ro classes a year himself okay he has a range so he doesn't he doesn't charge himself for the range he doesn't do anything mm-hmm. and he loses money every time he puts a class on yeah. The retention that he has for all of the ROs that he puts out mm-hmm. is maybe one or two, a class yeah. because they all come in from different areas uh, on the East coast, metropolitan areas, every two hours. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so you have matches every two, three hours, mm-hmm. what you can do on the East coast is not what you can do in let's say area one or area two in the midwest right. where uh you know if you go to grand island where the where area three was you're <laughs> not, w- do you really have the local population that you can actually t- you know pull from right it's it's not it's not conducive i mean uh, area one where they just had area one in montana the, the second closest local club that they have is a two hour drive and their local match is like 13 or 14 people every month, every month.
1: Yeah. The population right. density is not there.
3: It, it's just not there. So yeah. can will it work to a certain point? Absolutely. Is it the answer? Not really, but you also have to look at ranges that are big enough to hold what you're trying to do. Do you want yeah. an 18 stage nationals or do you want a 24 stage nationals? You know, that's an extra six stages. If you're doing a, a double base, that's an extra three bays. Right. It's, it's just finding the location is tough.
1: Okay. What about, we'll go into two gun. Um, how do you see USPSA's position for multi gun and, and three gun, two gun, three
3: gun? Um, it's the stepchild. I mean, we don't we don't really pay attention to it. We don't really cultivate it. But is it bad that we're not really putting the support into it? Yes and no. Um, I shot three-gun a lot. Um, I shot three-gun in Three-Gun Nation. Uh, um, Shannon used to put on uh, one of the two or three only sanctioned USPSA multi-gun matches. Yeah, Um, six, right? Yeah. And then we started having one out West, but local matches. Uh, When he was running the local three-gun match, uspsa multi-gun
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh there was only one other club in the country that was putting on a monthly uspsa multi-gun yeah because everyone just runs outlaw um right. and unfortunately the three-gun community uspsa has is a bad taste in their mouth for whatever reasons if it's the safety reasons if it's the yeah. the the nasty ro reasons or or if it's just hey this is what i do because i want to shoot outlaw well because i just shoot outlaw well. uh, but you have fantastic events you've got rocky mountain you got mystery mountain you've got uh, superstition uh you've got pro-am you've got hard as hell you've got all these great three-gun matches i mean mm-hmm. even even the amu was putting one on um yep. benning. At, fort, Every... at fort benning it was it was a great match it's going to be the same guys that shoot all those matches, you know. Realistically, yeah.
1: um, do you think USPSA can provide the club structure for three gun because that's I, that's missing everywhere?
3: Absolutely. Um, three gun nation was was a great organization for what it was. I was sad when it failed, um, yeah. and it it because we don't have that overarching support um what max is doing with pcsl it's it's great it's it's a step in the in in the right direction with the rule book that's a, a simpler it's easier um but that's a two-gun match you know it's not yeah a three-gun match if you want to shoot a shotgun there's really nothing to do if you look at the international stuff there's really not much international multi-gun they do rifle matches, they do shotgun right. matches, they do handgun matches, and every now and then you'll find some some region that puts on a tournament, um, and you know they'll have hey we're going to have a, a handgun match in conjunction with a rifle and a shotgun match, um, okay. and those are really cool.
0: So how do clubs encourage membership? Like I know that structure, and you're talking about you know a lot of those matches it's the same shooter shooting it. How do you get newer shooters in um, how do you entice them through that club level
3: that's going to be an advertising thing but that's that that's on every organization it, not just uspsa it's every every local club doing their own little advertising um getting high level shooters putting adverts out there uh, Practical shooting is a hobby. USPSA is a sport. Um, okay. Steel challenge is a sport. Um, it's how do we get people to come do it? Um, I mean, even PRS, like, why can't we have uh, a lot of cross between the two sports? You know, it's. Yeah what do you want to do? I mean, Corey, you're, you're here in, in central, central U S and mm-hmm. they do run and gun. I yeah. don't have, I don't have any running gun on the East coast. Um, <laughs> I, oh. it's, it, but it's something that would be cool. I mean, I'm really out of shape, but I would like to do it. Um, it, it's like I've never heard of it until somebody that I know says, Hey, um, I'm doing this thing this weekend and it's really cool. I was like, okay. Uh, It needs to be more of a household thing. Um, And unfortunately, it's just guns are a hot topic. Very political, very stigmatized.
1: But at the same time, what you said about the local match director being intouchable, how do you, okay, let's assume that the match director is going to do that. How do you entice them? And how do you tell them, right, this is the value that you can pass on to a shooter, right? Because I, you know, you get 10 people a month. New, never shot a USPSA Steel Challenge match, right? How do I tell them, look, you can shoot this same match every month for the rest of your life and not have to be a member. What, what's the hook that USPSA is giving that guy?
3: A membership for USPSA at this point is just the ability to shoot major matches and classification. So and if you, what, if, you, if you don't care about either of those, there's yeah. no reason to join.
1: So how do we get people to join like what what value do we provide them because that i agree like i completely agree i have nothing as a match director to say man it's really cool every rule book for you know practical shooting comes from uspsa so you know what you're getting if you shoot here you shoot at wallace you shoot at any local club but like realistically how do i how do i sell them
3: before we even get to the competitor how do you sell the club right okay how do you solve the club that's a bigger issue is yes yeah. club support then i mean if you look at the turnover that we have
1: mm-hmm.
3: it's a lot the the churn of of it's you about guys, 50% right <laughs> it's it's a lot well i mean you have to consider what we do yeah this is this is an expensive sport it's it's an exp- it, it can be a less expensive hobby, but it's an expensive sport. Um, right. I mean, compared to hey, I'm going to go play tennis on the weekend. Um, you, yeah. you you go, you pay thirty bucks, you join a you join a thing, you you shoot, you you play pickleball for an hour, and then you go home. Um, hey, if you want to do stuff, is you could just play against a wall in your backyard. Um, yeah. You can get better. You can't really do that with shooting. I mean, yeah, you can dry fire as much as you want. You can do all that other stuff, but it's expensive, so the churn is real. Retainment is not there. Uh, how do we give the local support on from the national organization? Like right. you, you're a match director in, in four different sports, right? You do, yeah. you, do you do steel, like you that. do handgun, and all the other all the other stuff that you do because it's crazy. I don't know how you have time. Um, what does this say? <laughs> uh, just play on play on the internet instead but yeah. what does uspsa as an organization support you how how does it do what does right it do so
1: as a uspsa match director i can get a guy coming out that says i want to shoot guns and i have a rule book i have a really well-defined rule book and outside of that man there's not much like yes the classification system is cool you're into that thing i realize is like being me I just said that the classification is an aspirational system that if you put in the work, you'll get better at shooting, right? There's no other way to get, get classified like that. But outside of those two things, what if USPSA does the reinvestment in ROs? Like you've got clubs that are getting 10, 12 guys. They've shot it forever. Some of those guys probably don't know the rules pretty well. Um, send send a guy out do an ro class in regions that have a lower percentage of ro or a lower ratio of ro's to shooters so you get a better product because when we did area four right area four steel change we certified eight ro's in a class our matches have gotten way smoother because everyone knows the rules everyone does now and it gets passed on and when you get the new guy with a question like it's oh yeah it's this this is why the rule is this way, it, you know. It's either for safety or competitive equity or whatever it is, and people are like, "Yeah, that's cool. Match flow is better."
3: So one of the one of the things with ROs that I've seen mm-hmm. is when you have a, a a super closed off club where the ROs are they don't really travel they don't do they don't do all that stuff. You right. end up cultivating the same the same mentality, and. They just keep feeding off each other, um, right? And until you introduce out foreign stimulus to that like closed-off cell, nothing mm-hmm. changes. And right, so improving culture
1: work. is what you're talking about, right? Like, you how do you improve culture?
3: And yeah. the way that I've always done it as as a, a match director or a range master is is or, or even just a competitor, because um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I uh, my first match was in thirteen. Uh, my, my life membership was bought in 13 and my RO certification was done in 13. Okay. So 10 years ago, I, I, I got, I went, I dove headfirst into this. Um, and I'm still in it. Um, everywhere I go, it's I'll, I'll help with timer. I'll, I'll tablet, I'll do whatever it is and, and just teach as I go. And if I can leave one guy one or two percent better than that one guy maybe has one technique or or one uh i mean just from how to hold a timer hold the timer with the with the display towards you so you know you can catch the clock rolling uh if i can get one guy to do that then if he goes and continues doing it then it's just going to be a a snowball effect there and it's what.
1: let's extend that to what uspsa can do right can uspsa make we'll call it a fun one minute video on how to be a good competitor like how to pace how to set up how to show up at the match ready to go to where uspsa is providing something of value to the new guy and the new guy says man this org has their shit together they told me everything i needed to do maybe they actually look at the facebook groups of people asking questions but do you think you can scale that? Because I completely agree. Having that one guy be the positive influence can change the sport. Like It changed our local club. When when we had a couple of us take over from our previous match director, it went from 15 to 20 people to now we have 50 to 60. I completely agree with that. But how does it scale to USPSA?
3: Have you seen some of the new videos that have been put out on social media?
1: They're rough. Unless it's coming from Freilich. They're real rough. Okay. Raylites are at least exciting, and Sean Nelson has done a good pump-up video for a long yeah. time.
3: I mean, it, it's it, it's been it's gotten better than it has been in the past. I mean, some yeah. of those videos that we They're, that we've put out have been terrible.
1: Um, the NROI I can't even watch. But the carry Optics videos have been good. Crystal's yeah. videos. Crystal is a great gal. She's not targeting me. She's targeting a different demographic. I think they're working. I think they're good.
3: Absolutely. But we need something. Put them, all, put them on the USPSI website. Be like, what, what you need to do for your first match? What do you need to know? Hey, this is right. a breakdown of the divisions. Yeah, they're going to keep changing. But it's not like we don't have 12 employees. Right. It, it's not like we don't have the guys in a position where it, it, it can be done. I mean... You have eight area directors and you have a president. Right. Those should be your representatives. They should be a representative of the sport.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. They should um, be putting the best foot of the, the organization forward.
3: I mean... I mean, it. it some people have, have the copies of the travel and expense. and so, There have been some complaints about the funds and the expenses. Yes. They're, it's... The, the expenses are in a situation um yeah. we have to fix them there's no question about it um but yeah. there's certain things that we cannot not spend money on and if you're the face of your organization if you're your your air region's re- representative i mean well, when was the last time that you saw your area director
1: Area four. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Was it because you went to that match, or yeah? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's not something that like you. It it it's a big issue, but there's a reason why we have a travel and expense policy, um, and it's to help that person travel around. I mean, but you just had a new uh, a, a new area director for for here in Area Four uh, right. come in in January. Um. The previous guy was in for four years. Three years. The previous guy yeah, was in for three. Pinto? Yeah, uh, I think. Did Mike do Stant- two terms Stanton. one? Stanton. Oh, was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stanton. Um, yeah. He was in for three years because I think that he he, he did a right. three-year term in, before they flipped a four-year term. Um, yeah. When did he come to Texas? Other than Area 4 that one year. He hit up Double Tap a couple times.
1: And yeah i don't
3: know chad chad was i mean that's it it's a it's a specific thing yeah like but but you have these guys that they will travel to the big matches or they'll travel to not even their own area where it's not even their constituents that they're influencing or affecting or listening to it's it's one of those things where as the representative as the face you need to be face to face with who you're talking to. We can do social media, we can have an email open. That doesn't really, it's not the same.
1: No, I I agree with that. Um, The area director should be someone that at least knows the area and has shot area matches. Because if you understand different clubs, you understand different problems from different sides. A 700 person club is not the same as a 70 person club.
3: And the problems that you have in area area six is not the same problems that you have in area one. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah.
3: Uh, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think we're bouncing around some of your some of your questions and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know about halfway through. Right, <laughs> we're going we're going on tangents. It's fine.
2: Ooh, halfway through—that's my cue. I'm supposed to. be the good <laughs> There
3: you go, Gary. Thanks,
2: Greg. To do your are welcome. So we're about at the midpoint of the show remember if you're watching us live on Facebook ask any questions you may have in the comments section of the video. We'll ask it live on air other ways to catch us you can always check back to the shooters mindset Facebook page The video stay up forever. Um, we usually upload to all of the podcast apps the night after the show and then finally everything eventually ends up on the shooters mindset YouTube page which which is an excellent place to look up past episodes. Also on the point, I'm going to go ahead and plug everybody listening, even if you're a USPSA dude and you're like, wow, long range is lame, whatever. Coming up at the end of this month from the roughly 28th until September 4th, Jennifer, me and her husband Damian are going to be in Italy. We're going to be live streaming um, every moment of the International Precision Rifle Federation Rimfire World Championships. Um, We're going to be doing that on the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page and YouTube page. Um, It's going to be super cool. We're going to have live scores scrolling through there. We're going to have picture-in-picture target cams. We're going to have all sorts of cool stuff. So check it out. It'll be fun.
1: I'm so pumped. I'm really Mm -hmm. excited for that. Um, So we got a couple lives. Um, We had a correction on Churn. Uh, Leighton, who's the Area 2 director, uh, put up a comment that Churn was at about 20%. Um, And then we got a question from William. William. Uh, earlier today um and he was talking about if i can get this out of the way uh what effort can uspsa do to integrate video with major matches like broadcasting greg like what you talked about what we're doing for the iprf right Ooh,
2: you need you need to spend a lot of money you got to get like one of these <laughs> fancy things you got to get a we got a starlink and a backpack sitting in the middle of my living room um
1: right so okay where this question comes from luigi um Last year they had the world shoot and it, it was like watching the World Cup for shooters in that sport. Like everyone was on social, there were text groups everywhere. It got a lot of people excited. How does USPSA do that? How does USPSA get people excited about nationals or big matches in general?
3: Um a question. Thailand, there was a lot of a lot of chatter in the US. Yes. It was it was great. Yes. Okay. Um I was there Russia. so I I didn't, I didn't really pay attention too much to the online portion uh, just because okay. it's there. Yep. Um, and focus was on competition, not on the other stuff. Uh, but 2017, France. Yes, huge. 2014, US. Oh, yeah. 20, what was it? When was the world shoot for rifle? Was it 2018? Uh, I think it was the year after France, yeah. No, for, yeah. that was shotgun.
1: That was shotgun. Then rifle.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. But huge, right? So how how can USBSA do something? Like
3: we should. They? Been, they, I mean, they they have been a step forward with uh, with with Josh and F Five Productions. Uh, yep. They they did uh, carry optics this year. They did carry optics last year. Was it carry optics last year? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, just
1: this year. They had the match, but I think Sean and Josh did this year's videos.
3: Sean and Josh did this year's videos, but they were at Talladega last year, okay. and and they put out snippets um, of things. Yeah, yeah, year. yeah.
1: You're right. You're um, right.
3: This year was the first formal. Hey, let's. It it was actually done more to scale, bigger and better. We've been trying. The organization has been trying. Um, okay. Remember, a few years ago, they tried doing live from Talladega. Oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. <laughs> so, so you're saying they need to
3: invest in it, right? And they need to see a return it's, somehow. It, it's not just investing into it; is it, You have to figure out how to coordinate it. Um, right. Doing it live, I don't think is possible. Um, I just don't think it it's there uh just because the nature of how we do things i mean we go to a three-day match
2: <laughs>
3: and we put up four minutes of uh, of shooting three minutes of shooting i mean 207 yeah. seconds um it's yeah, not that's a lot. yeah
0: that's only you there's always someone shooting
3: uh
2: you gotta correct. have the awesome technology to be able to switch from stage to stage throw in a sponsor commercial throw in a pre-recorded interview
3: you have to have pre-recorded interviews. You have to have yep. all that stuff, and you have to have the infrastructure and connection there. I mean, you said you have a backpack with a Starlink. Do we have one? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, guys like Brian,
1: right? Hey, Brian yeah. just by his lonesome, right? Yeah, puts out quite a bit. Like if you follow Hunters HD on a match weekend
3: on the YouTube, whew, if that's yeah. still- don't don't plug his channel because that's a that's a cheat sheet. Okay, that's that, that's how people uh, scope out what the match is.
1: What? Um, oh, nobody does that. Nobody uh, nobody also follows the pro guy that shoots all day Friday either.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's uh, it, it's it's a great thing. You know, you have uh, arguably one of the best vendors and sponsors this sport has seen in a very long time. Um, he goes out there and he's there during the staff match. He's got his cell phone out. He will, he will record different, different shooters. Doesn't matter. Class uh, doesn't matter. Division. He'll put, he'll post them on, on the YouTube channel. So if you, if you don't know, it's Hunter's HD gold at YouTube. Um, yeah. he, any match weekend that he goes, cause he sponsors 300 someone matches a year. Um, yeah. And he, he travels, he travels 30 weekends out of the, uh, out of the year too. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, I don't know how Sherry, his wife puts up with it. Um. But it's, time away
1: it's, from brian isn't a bad thing time <laughs> with brian is amazing but every now <laughs> I'll, I'll to
2: point out on the uh, on the on that note that there is a hunter's hd gold commercial that will be airing during the uh, yes. prf world championships oh,
3: yeah. um didn't didn't he actually uh, help uh help you guys out try to uh, fundraise for um mm-hmm. the expenses of traveling over there yep um like I said, he, he loves all of the sports. It doesn't matter what acronym you have. Um, he, yeah. he'll, he'll, invest into it. So if, if any of your guys out there, any of your match directors out there have anything, I mean, reach him, reach out. He'll, he'll, he'll talk to anyone. Um, yep. but yeah, uh, in, in response to, to what you guys were talking about, it, it, it's difficult. It's not undoable. Um, Russia and, and Archangel Michael used to put out this really cool video. Um, and, yes. they would get, uh, right. You know what I'm talking about? They'd get the, yeah. the, top, the top two, top three guys. And it came out, you know, a day later, two days later, mm-hmm. it, it was done with a really fast turnover, not like some of the videos that we've had from nationals or big matches that come out six months later on a channel that not many people watch or have. Um, Doing something like that is great. You can see, put up different cameras, have a state breakdown, uh, time hits, um, interviews. I don't know if the interviews, because after a while, you know, there's only so many ways that you can skin a cat and say, yes, uh, put the sights on a target, pull the trigger, you know, put whole two alphas in paper real fast. It ends up being the same thing, kind of repetitive over and over again.
0: But you—that's uh, yeah. all they want to hear. But people at home that don't shoot that and see nationals of any shooting sport as like that's just not even attainable for me to be able to be like, so Luigi, uh, you just shot a really, really great stage here. You seem to be doing well here. What do you do in your day job? You're yeah. like, no, a well, that's a good you're point, you're Like, oh my gosh, a school teacher is doing this. I could do this. He's not like a Navy SEAL. And then people realize that it's like human and that there's people that are just shooting it as a hobby.
1: Yeah. And if you can get someone like Morgan, uh, slow motion, as I call her, um, she's got a really good personality and you get her on camera where you don't know what she's going to say. It's going to be interesting. But like you were saying, she's all of five foot nothing female. You wouldn't expect her to be in the shooting sports shooting a pistol as fast as she does. And she's legit. Yeah. Like
3: and um, I mean she's still she's still a kid. So it's yeah. it's it's something cool. I mean she's she's a ladies' world champion now. Yeah. Yeah. It's super uh, cool. Uh, I think what fi- fifteen or she's sixteen now? I don't know. She's uh,
1: She has the um, best uh, nationals winning speech ever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but yeah, it so you're that's just a different idea on, on what kind of interviews you're talking about. But as yeah. a competitor, if you're trying, if you're in response to what Jen was saying, I've had that camera shoved in my face. Not everyone can handle that kind of distraction when you're, when you're shooting an ash yeah. match. Um, yep. are, are you there to interrupt? Or are you there to, you know, just advertise, you know, yeah. it, it's all of this.
1: You have to find the right person. They have to be good at their job, right? Yeah. And so, ha, do you do you hire people to do this? Do you contract it out?
3: I mean, it, we, it's all we good have. Stuff, right? We have almost forty thousand members in the organization. I'm sure yeah. that there's there's somebody that that knows how to interview. There's somebody that does it in their day job. You know, I'm I'm yeah. sure we could find a a a member that knows this stuff. That would be more than- So if you want to get
1: today. paid, talk to Luigi. <laughs> uh,
3: it's there, There's a lot of ideas and and just yeah. like, we're spitballing, but right. hey, guess what, Jen, Greg, you guys don't really do the USPSA, but you guys are going to Italy to cover an international world championship. Why aren't we talking to people like you that are doing it? Um, yeah. Why isn't it happening? And that's just one of the things, like I said in the beginning, it's, you need to be able to listen. You need to be able to talk to people. And I know that I'm not, I don't have all the answers, but I feel like I'm smart enough to ask the right questions to the right people and be open to criticism and advice.
1: Yeah. I mean, as a manager, you have to. All right. So managing, right? Raise income, cut costs. What are you doing?
3: You have to do both, actually. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's it's like any business, okay. okay? You you can't. I mean, if you look at our political system right now, you, it's either we raise taxes <laughs> or, or we or we cut expenses, and it never works if you just do one or the other. Um, yeah. We have to, like I said previously, there's things that we cannot not spend money on. It, it'll it'll tank the organization. It'll tank the sport. Right. It'll t- it'll tank everything. Um, yeah. There's things we just have to be more selective in what we're spending and how national um, okay. nationals needs to be a loss leader or it has okay. to break. Even we have these huge area matches that they don't have activity fees to support it, but they're breaking even. And they're putting on very, very good events. Um, Layton yes. chimed in earlier. Uh, Layton, Layton is the area two director um, yep. and area two at the end of the year. It's got, it's supposed to be over 600, but I think they're at 500 and change now. Um, yeah. and it's, it's a three-day match and a huge price table.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I've never been able to go because it sells out. You even can't get it, in, dog. Even, even, <laughs> even, even if they don't open it to, uh, you know, members that are outside that area, yeah. it'll sell out with just area two residents. Oh, easily um so it's that that's the thing how how can we you know touch upon these these guys that are doing it that know how to do it that have been doing it how can we get their expertise and introduce it into what the national level needs to be we've got shannon we've got jake uh area two's got 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 the people that the desert classic is a match that has been on for almost 40 years
1: yeah
3: um, you've got Marco in Odessa that runs Dragon's Dragons Cup. I mean, him and Billy, they put on a fantastic match and they don't really have the local infrastructure and support to do things. I mean, Marco, Marco's lost money on that match. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he broke even this year. Maybe next year he'll so, break even because he keeps building stuff.
1: So big picture, and this is one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you on is you've shot big matches. You have seen the cool stuff that each individual match can do. And you're willing to talk to the guy and be like, hey, uh, how the fun did you live stream this? We'd like to do that too. And and when you ask someone like that, they'll tell you. You're like, okay, well, this is how they did it. Let's go do that. Because all these good things together that each individual person does, if we start sharing that, like as a PRS match director, I'm going to a couple PRS matches a year just to see what other matches do well. Like do what they do, do it better. I don't have to reinvent anything. Get all, you know, creative and shit. I can just figure it out you know, by
3: asking. So one one of the uh, one of the things that I feel is a benefit to me compared to the other candidate that's in the runoff is I've traveled internationally for this for a while. Yeah, uh, a lot. <laughs> my my first my first international match was 2015 in Brazil for the Pan American. Uh, that one was a pretty a pretty big match. Um, I think yeah. it was on order of seven or eight hundred, um, seven or eight hundred. You know, three day, three days of shooting. Um, it's it's doable. I've done it. Right. I've traveled. I don't have to travel to learn that. I already okay. have those experiences. I already have those relationships cultivated. Uh, I can just pick up the phone and call, uh, and I have. So there, there's a lot of ideas that I have. Um, and the way that the board has voted this year, it's not going to be on the president too much for 2024 just because they wanted that there was too much up in the air. Um, yeah. So the first year, it'll be more of uh, how can I help instead of I'm doing this. Right. Um, and, and that's perfectly understandable, like I said. And you have I to
1: have buy-in. Them. I mean, there's a board, right? Yeah. There's eight guys yeah. that have to buy into the plan.
3: Absolutely. So that that that's that. It, it's how how do we how do we get that? Is we just being a leader is understanding how to get other people's input and put it together and make a plan.
1: Yeah.
2: So. I agree. Working in the industry, what do you think USPSA's place is in the greater shooting shooting community? Is it more of a gateway, local go to guy?
3: Um, USPSA, the organization, I think is the epitome of practical shooting. Um, uh, if you, if you look in the U S, uh, anybody who is anybody, they'll say, go shoot USPSA. This is, this is going to prove what you have, what you know, what your skills are. Um, if you look internationally, everybody looks to the U S for having the, the best sport, the, the best competitors. I mean, yeah, you have, you, you have Grafell in France and he's just like,
1: and Maria in Russia.
3: Well, I mean, she can't shoot IPSC anymore, um, still. So, yeah. Uh, eh. She's still amazing, sixth she, in the oh, world. Well, she is, yeah, um, in the world. Um, but uh, with the sanctioning that they have, they, they pulled the apsic sanctioning from the Federation completely. Um, yeah. But Anyways, we, also, sorry. We, we, we also have somebody like ben. ben. Ben is not a USPSA competitor anymore will he tell you not to go shoot it to learn no i mean he he no. will plug he will plug the organization he has yeah. other things to say about the organization but he still understands that this is the premier shooting event for practical shooting yeah um, that's the organization as a whole but you, it's also your local your your local guy the local level that's that's what USPSA is built on i mean you run 18 different matches You understand Mm -hmm. that the guy that that shoots this is more than just a hobbyist. I mean, if he's invested, he, there's a passion for it. Um, He is the guy that's going to do the advertising. He's the guy that's going to bring people to the range. He's the guy that's going to do all that stuff. If we don't have that local guy, that local passion, we don't have an organization. It's, how do we support that how do we kindle that how how do we keep that fire going um and i think it's a it's it it's a pretty important thing that we gotta we gotta focus and and figure out how to how to help on a local level um so it it's a it's a two-part it's a two-part answer to that question it it's okay we, we are we are the industry standard for shooting but we're also built on the backs of the local shooter
1: so let's take like sponsor industry um as kind of the example how do you tap into the greater gun industry to help build the sport right because okay i don't i'm not a fan of prize tables we're just going to kick that right off i don't think they do all that much but could you chance. get someone right so but could you get someone like the guy in trade in charge of the training group at Walther or vortex or whoever and have them come to your big national match let's say it's optics nationals and teach a course on maintenance and teach a course on installation and things to watch out for or something out of the box where you're actually getting a touch point with someone and you're not just putting product out because then you get that same interaction where the guy is like yeah I've Broken three or four of this, and this is the problem. And you get a better thing when they hear that and they go, Hey guys, we've really got to fix this.
2: We've done stuff like that at like Vortex Team Sniper Challenge. Nick went and taught a class on rangefinders, right? And uh, the amount of engagement that he got in that class, I think everybody that shot that match was like, We can listen to Nick teach us how to use this. Duh, I'm gonna go take it.
1: Um, yeah, and we, we've done it, and I'm I, I'm curious. With you've worked in the industry, you've worked at a couple different places. How do you tap into that? Like that's just one example, but
3: it it's not just in the industry. It's the other sports that we have as well. Right. I mean, like I said, we're all in this together. I mean, we all have yeah. guns in some in some shape or another. We if we like them, if we love them, if it's a passion or an obsession, we're all doing the same thing. Um, it can be a short gun shooting real fast. It can be a long gun shoot mm-hmm. real slow and real far. Um, yeah, it, why, why can't we work together?
1: Yeah. You know, so why, to that why... point, right. Ben at nine days, right. My friend asked him like, Hey, I know we're in the middle of a match and this is what you do for a living, but have you seen anything over the two days of shooting on the squad? Like that I can get better at then mm-hmm. took him for like almost 30 minutes and just talk to him about what he could do. Why not bring a guy, a high level instructor out and say, hey, this is gonna be a snippet of the class. It's on this day of nationals, you can sign up to take the class free of charge.
3: Like Beretta sponsoring, you know, carry optics uh, or, or IDPA, Nat, Nash right. uh, they have they, a very good instructor, JJ. Who's also
1: a really good shooter.
3: Who's also a really good shooter. Uh, you have Sig, Sig, Sig Sauer, who sponsors X amount of nationals that we have, who has Price. a really Dan, good shooter, Lena, also a really good instructor. Jenin. I yeah. mean, uh, let's say Dan doesn't really shoot USPSA much, but he could he come out? Yeah. Could USPSA yeah. subsidize, if not pay for it? Of course, I mean these are all ideas that that do get industry engagement, that that bring things on. Um, there's other plans that have been in the works in USPSA um, that touch base similar to what you're talking about, right? The only the shoot use, sig at that, right? Uh, shoot sig is not a USPSA thing, um,
1: but they had but, it as a side
3: match, right? But but Shannon did did bring it over and he coincided it with the what right. the nationals that we had. It'll happen again here at um at Ironsight Nationals. Ironsight plus Optics. Hell yeah. Um, there you go. So <laughs> it's IronSight Plus Optics. Um, here in, in a few months. It'll be Go uh Or
0: matches <laughs> that block to put on or still puts on, I mean, there's, an order there,
1: it will place.
3: All that stuff, if, if you need them to you can have industry engagement, but, the, as a sponsor, you as an investor team for, a two or three day event, um, it, is it just. If you're not getting subsidized by it, the organization, Luigi, yes, sir.
2: Re say what you just said. Um, I you have had amazing audio, like compliment worthy, this entire <laughs> podcast <laughs> up until your last statement. Unfortunately, oh. Um,
3: yeah. uh, anyways, I, I was just saying is, is you guys you guys are involved with sponsors. I mean, you I, I know yeah. I know Corey's heavily involved with Vortex and Federal and uh, JP, I believe. Um, you, you guys, you, yeah. you're really. You're really involved, um, you, you know the stuff. Um, having, at, at what point is the return going to be viable for that sponsor or that vendor to come out? Um,
1: no, absolutely. It if, has to be a two-way relationship. Everyone has to win tenfold.
3: Yeah, so I mean, packing up, packing up your entire marketing team or your armorer team or your instructor team and bringing them out to Cardinal Center for two days, yeah. yep, is, is that gonna be worth it? Um, no, so it's an investment. It, it's an investment, but it you have to figure out what the what the what the cost is gonna be and how to how to mitigate it, how to subsidize it. And if, yeah. like I said, nationals is there's no problem with nationals being a loss leader. And if some of that money has to go to subsidize Vortex coming out to teach a class on optics and have Josh come out. Um, or, hey, SIG is sponsoring Ironsight and have Daniel Horner coming out and just doing, hey, we're doing a little a little class here. Um, Tom Castro, uh, an instructor out of Florida.
1: Yeah, local guy, he, right?
3: Uh, yeah, local guy. He's um, in in Western, mid-Central Florida. Um, got a little shooting academy, uh, but he helped with the market, uh, with the sponsor coordinating and, and the stuff for South Carolina sectional this year. Mm-hmm. He put on a, a clinic. Everybody had the option of going through a stage and getting a little two, three little snippet of what his training class could looks like. And yeah. he, did, he did that as a, uh, as a sponsor and as a, a vendor. He also shot yep. the match, but he shot the pre-match, so he was able to do that for every, every shooter. Um, now, he didn't have to if he didn't want to, but that, that's a great idea. You know, no, you that's something
1: to- that gets people in. And I, I'm guessing he probably
3: got a few people in his classes. Probably. Um, yeah. So it's just something like that. But we, there's a huge market out there of guys that go out, they go to the range once, twice a month, and they train. Mm-hmm. They just don't train. Action shooting, right? practical shooting, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's an easy market to tap into. Oh, absolutely. We just, we just need to get some of these guys to come over. You know, I mean, you got Mike C Klander. He's he's a he's a great, he's a great instructor, he's a great shooter. Um mm-hmm. he's he's an OG, um, shoots a lot of IDPA, uh, has a, a really good relationship with Wilson Combat. So, you know, that's that's that. But he's a, a solid Grandmaster USPSA shooter, always, always high up there. Huh. Um there somebody like that plays in both worlds but he also plays in the tactical and the defensive world
1: absolutely and it's, how do you get the timmies how do you get the tactical guys to come over right
3: you know you want to you want to keep saying that 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 word <laughs> I, love, I love the um, timmies the but, timmies but, are my but, friends but yeah i mean <laughs> like w- one of the ranges that i used to train at is primarily that i mean you've got all these local guys that they just want to put on their, their they want to put on their, their vest and they want to mm-hmm. get train defensively and what is it? what's it with the adage USPSA will get you killed in the streets? I mean, but that's <laughs> that that that's okay. It's hey, they don't shoot back. That's fine. But how do you break down those stigmas and how do you get that easy? That's a low-hanging fruit right there. Cause that you know they're already yeah. enthusiasts, you know they, they burn ammo and they spend money on guns. I mean, well the tactical
1: games has built a community around bringing people in. It doesn't matter if they're tactical or whatever. But thinking um, of things that
3: other orgs have done well,
1: right? Yeah. Do what they um, do and do it better, or just bring so
3: them in. We can bring them in, hey. But I know that there's some issues with um, not-for-profits giving money to other not-for-profits. Like they're, yeah. they're, there's legal implications about it, but. There is no reason why we can't say, hey, let's go to the tactical games and have a booth out there and yeah. and, and talk to people out there. And um, the NRA World Championships or the Trigicon World Championships, whatever you want to, I, I never right. really know who, who owns it at the time. Um, <laughs> there, I, I shot it one year and I thought it was great. I mean, because there were some sports that I've never even heard of and I, I shot it it was, that was one of the first PRS type things that I've ever done. Fantastic. Um, why didn't we have the organization there helping to support that instead of just, um, two or three local guys that weren't really very educated in what was going on in the sport of the USA or USPSA specifically. Um, so it's it's one of those things where you've got these guys that they they all, all these pros that do all these other things that that have um, relationships in all these other industries and and
1: yeah
3: sponsors it's like these are things that we can we can touch upon we have these relationships yeah. already built
1: That's a great point. Um so kind of the the big question that we've danced around a little bit <laughs> um, is, is based around trust, right? Right now, trust is not great in the org. How do you reestablish that to the, the members that we've lost?
3: So one of the candidates from area six, um, he's also in the runoff. Um, one of his big things is we're polling and surveying a lot. We're not just polling, we're only polling and surveying current members. Um, yeah. Like Leighton, Leighton chimed in and he said that the churn is 20%. Right. Uh, a 20% turnover in five years puts you at almost completely new generation of shooters.
1: Yeah, that's
3: right. Um, and how do we get the information from the guys who have left for X, Y, Z reason? If it's, hey, um, we didn't keep up with technology because we were slow to the game with, you know, carry optics, or we were slow to the game with limited optics. Um, PCC was mishandled or what have you, or you know, nobody's taking care of three gun. leave uh,
1: PCC alone.
3: That so so it's <laughs> there's um, there's yeah. there's a lot of issues there. You know, we need to communicate with the guys who have left and why they left, um, right. to try to mitigate having them leave in the future. Um, But that's not really where we kind of went on a tangent. Um, But the trust is, we need to, let's vomit information onto the organization, or onto the membership. That's the only way, is is if if you have a trust issue, then you need to have over-transparency. And unfortunately, we're we're in the middle of August and we still don't have the financials from last year. yeah. It's a problem. It, it, it is a problem. Um, but not having that information public and and readily accessible, just you start getting to hearsay and whispers and rumors. And that's when bad things actually, it, it gets worse. So right. maybe, maybe, maybe we're not in a bad financial situation. Um, but the rumor mill and the people that do talk it's pretty apparent that we are, but not necessarily. We we could be. Um, Layton was was on earlier. Um, maybe he's seen what the finances are, um, or you know the finance committee chair, uh, which is one of the newer area directors. If we just if we're upfront and honest and say, "Hey, take ownership of what of what the situation is. Did we mess up? Yes or no." Okay, right. this is what the current situation is. Show, just show you. Um, that's the only way that you're going to get the trust back is is yeah. communication and transparency. And this is this is one of the things that that people say that the president has been neutered. Um, is he still chairman of the board? He still puts out the agenda, and he is supposed to you know keep the minutes of the meeting uh, by appointing secretary but they just did a dues increase, which is a very, a very hot topic, okay? We're right. not going, let's, let's not go into what the dues increase was or, or that situation. Yeah. But there was, the agenda is supposed to be what's on the topic for the meeting. You, as a USPSA member, you're a paid member, you were a shareholder in the, comp- in the company, in the organization. You have every right to have a conversation with your area director and give him your opinion on what's gonna get voted on, because that's what, right. that's what the area director is supposed to do. He's your representative. Yep. The president puts out the agenda and the agenda has to have enough information for you to be able to start a conversation. Yeah. And it and it hasn't been.
1: It, but Yeah, it's been lacking. the pres- minutes it, have been lacking.
3: The, the president is the one who is in, he's in charge of that. Let's put out a better agenda that has a little more substance and not just a committee report that's gonna turn into a vote. Now, was that the plan? I don't know, because I wasn't there. And there's something called executive session that for some reason they really enjoy using. And our bylaws specifically say when it's supposed to be used. And I think they've been abusing yeah. that. And that's all that turns back into dead information is not apparent, it's not public, and it just turns into more of a hearsay and rumor mill, which is right. never and, a good
1: thing. And that's the thing, if you start, if you don't put out enough, you encourage the, the conspiracy theories and that doesn't help anyone. So I, I agree with you. I think the more you can communicate the reasons behind the decision, we might argue about the decision in that point but at least we won't be making shit up you
3: you you know what led up to the decision right Not, oh well x y and z and he's saying you know p and q it, it's just a whole it's a whole different thing it's, we need to have you can't make any decisions i mean you're a scientist right it'd be like yeah, saying,
1: play one on tv
3: <laughs> okay well i mean you play one on tv yeah. but it, it'd be like you if you having a hypothesis about something that you just have no clue about Yeah. No and, you're gonna ma- and you're going to make you're going to make an experiment you're, you're designing an experiment but you yeah. don't know any of the, the the original parameters and you're just throwing darts at a board so you can't make an educated guess without information and if you don't have the information then you're just making stuff up and that's always bad for everyone
1: yeah i agree man i appreciate you coming on
3: I, I know appreciate you a, having me on.
1: Are there a any more lot. lives? <laughs> no, no. Lives are good.
0: Good in lives. Yeah. All right. Well, with that with that, I think we can wind down to shout-outs. We'll probably start tonight. We'll start with Greg.
2: Oh, why are you gonna put me on the spot? I was gonna copy what Corey did. Um, well, start with Hunters HC Gold. Always awesome um and all of the companies that are helping us make it to italy so that we can live stream this match for you guys um hunters hd gold is one of them we have armageddon gear warren scope mounts i'm doing this without notes
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's always that's
2: always always
0: dangerous plan
1: for success
2: (laughs) i did not plan for anything tonight um and oh, Manners Composite Stocks, and most importantly, Masterpiece Arms, who is our title sponsor. Um, and this would not be even remotely possible without their support.
3: How about the guys on your
2: hat? Oh, that was the one that I forgot.
1: <laughs> but they're on my hat too.
2: <laughs> and they were actually the first people to support us in this journey. So it's a it's a great company. It is.
1: It really is.
0: It was a great company. All right, Corey, how about you?
1: And I'm, I'm sticking with my shout out. I appreciate Luigi coming on. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that.
0: Simple. All right, Luigi, what do you have for shout outs?
3: Um, a shout out to the membership. Um, the only reason why I'm here and in the runoff is because the, the people who cared enough to vote and cared enough to vote for me, um, if the two in the runoff, we barely got over half of what the votes were, and we only had a 20, 23% voter turnout of the eligible voters. So um, if you care enough about the sport to stay in it and shoot matches, um, I, I say you should care enough to, to just take two minutes out of your time and just click a few buttons and, and vote for whoever it is that you think is the better option. Um, and voting starts here on the 30th of August. Um, and it would go through uh, all of September.
0: Definitely. So definitely get out there and vote or you don't get to complain. No complaining. No vote, <laughs> no complain. Preach. <laughs> I'm just saying it right now. Everybody get out there and send your vote in. And then if you don't, just sit back and go, well, I let it happen. And don't complain if you don't like what happens.
3: Uh, people are going to complain anyway, so it's fine. I know, but I'll still, <laughs> you can, you can complain about them complaining.
0: I will. I will all right. You're not loud. <laughs> all right. And for me, I just want to shout you out for coming and spending what two hours of your night um, with us talking about the USPSA and the politics of it and the shooting of it and all of that good stuff. And I want to thank you for what you are giving back to the sport. Cause I know that it is, um, uh, it is a labor of love <laughs> for sure
3: um that that is that is absolutely a labor of love um i, I just but like i t- I said earlier i mean within two months of shooting my first match i had a lifetime membership because i i knew i i loved this thing i was hooked at the first the first sight, um and i've just stuck in it cory cory match directs he he can tell you what it what it actually takes to do it um it's love,
1: it's, baby, one love. Yeah,
3: it, it is. It is. Um, but it's love and addiction. You know, insanity. Whatever it is, you want to. Call <laughs> <out>. <laughs> and uh, <laughs>
2: caffeine. Don't forget caffeine. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah uh, well, and if you, not- listen, if, if you listen to Brian's podcast, the Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens, he's got a he's got a pretty <laughs> good caffeine uh, caffeine drink that he he travels around with and and lets people have for free, nonetheless. So if you ever see him at a match. Uh, Go go hit him up for some, uh, for some, for
0: for caffeine.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's great.
2: Brian, you want to come to Italy? I'm going to need a lot of caffeine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, you won't need any caffeine that you're going to import because they have fantastic espresso over there. Oh. <sighs> yeah. Yes. I, when yeah. I, when I, when I got back uh, from shooting those two national matches, I was in withdrawals for like a week. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, thankfully I live in South Florida and I can get like uh Cuban colada pretty pretty easily. Oh baby let's go. Cuban coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited now.
3: Uh, Cuban Cuban coffee is 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 a, a is a drug. Yeah, it's a drug. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, I just want to shout you out for all that you're doing, and I do want to shout out Masterpiece Arms for being our title sponsor and believing in us and uh, you know the work that we want to put in to bring good footage to everybody in Italy. And so, um, everybody, tune in, share it with your friends, maybe even that don't shoot, and maybe they'll get interested in it because we all need to try and grow our sports, whether it's USPSA. Or PRS I feel very strongly that sports shooting is going to be a foundation of our second amendment and helping us keep that um, I think it's a, a, at least a facet of it it might not be all of it but it's a facet of it so um, share the footage and let's try and get excitement in our sport with some other people and with that it'll be a wrap for episode 414 and we'll see everybody next time